Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of the Dungeon Cast is brought to you by the 20-Sided Tavern. The newest interactive theatrical adventure experience is The 20-Sided Tavern, inspired by dungeons, dragons, and so much more. Sold-out engagements in Pittsburgh, New York, Edinburgh, and now they're even in Chicago through January 15th, only at the Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower Place. A unique journey that's never the same quest twice due to audience participation and interaction. It's a different ending every time. Use your mobile phone during the show to make selections, compete in games, solve riddles and puzzles, and determine the hero's fate. The Chicago Tribune says it's a new family-friendly franchise that celebrates fantasy gaming. The audience has a total blast, clearly authentic and fun. For showtimes and tickets, visit broadwayandchicago.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering Ice Devils. Hey Brian. William, it's cold outside. It is. We are getting around to the coldest time of the year. There's so much cold shit in hell. Uh, there, there is. There's a lot of cold things in hell. What it's is true. it like? Like twenty five, twenty percent ice? Uh, I less? think it's about. It's a little less. I say fifteen percent ice. Fifteen percent ice down yeah. there. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> hey man, it's you know. I don't know. <laughs> they got everything in hell. <laughs> they they do. They got a little bit of everything, and it's all bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, like you were saying, it's getting to the coldest time of the year up here in the northern hemisphere, at least. Remember, it is summertime down in the southern hemisphere. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I'm a big fan of the cold. I like mm-hmm. the cold. Mm-hmm. And you know who else is a big fan of the cold? Josh Freeland? Yes. Friend of the show, Josh Freeland? Uh, he is. That wasn't who I intended, but that is a true statement. Uh, no, some fiends are. Oh, some, okay, some yeah. Some fiends. Um, uh, specifically ice devils. Mephistopheles. Uh, you know, he's neither a fan nor a detractor of the cold. He just happens to live in it. Uh, and the other guy hates it. What the fuck was his name? Uh, ooh, Levistus. Levistus. You know, I don't know if he hates the cold, but he hates the iceberg he's trapped in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hates it by association, I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, that would be kind of interesting if, like, you know, we move along the timeline of, of hell in 6th or 7th edition or whatever down the line. Levistus breaks out of his prison, and in his rage um, for being in prison for so long— uh, he 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 has this hatred of the cold and changes 
the realm of Levisus from a realm of cold into the opposite, back to a realm of heat. Melts that. Global warming's that shit yes. to smithereens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ooh. But back to Ice Devils. Ice Devils, which we I don't even think we said that this episode is Ice Devils. No, yet, no, we've we? said it three times. I've, I've said it three times. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> no, yeah. Welcome to Ice Devils. Yeah. It's official now. So these high command uh, commanding officers of the Blood War are second to only the pit fiends in the hierarchy of the Nine Hells. Uh, found most commonly in the cold layers of Stygia and Can- uh, Cania. Is it Cania or Cania? Damn it. You you, <laughs> you said Stygia correctly this I time, did. finally. No questions. And then you said you questioned the next thing. I uh, think it's Cania. Yeah, Cania. Like Caniacs for Raising Canes. I was thinking like Abel and Cain. Yeah, yeah. That, that might be better. <laughs> okay. Ice Devils will serve as commanders of the Infernal Armies of the Nine Hells, tormenting lesser devils as an outlet for their anger and resentment. Coveting the power of their pit fiend superiors, Ice Devils work ceaselessly toward promotion, slaughtering the enemies of the Nine, the nine Hells and claiming as many souls as they can for their archdevil masters. Mm. So these guys are vicious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that causes Ice Devils to stand out from the ranks of the many other devil types is their appearance. So instead of the traditional physical hallmarks of devils, horns, wings, humanoid torsos with hooved feet, Ice Devils resemble giant bipedal insects. They have blue and white chitinous segmented bodies, large multifaceted eyes, antennae, powerful mantis-like mandibles, and long tails covered in razor-sharp spikes. Creepy. Yeah, if you pull one up, they they look like giant blue praying mantis monsters. That's dope, actually. Uh, they're, they're pretty cool. They are pretty cool. Um, the only other devil I can think of that is in that same realm of like almost insect-like is the the bone devil. I don't know if you remember what that one. Yes, was like. I do remember. They they had a bit of insect stuff going on. Yeah, too. they're kind of hunched over, spines like the yeah, arms kind of hooked a it out, scorpion tail. Yeah. yeah, but they also had a, a lot of skeletal stuff. You know, bone devils make yeah, sense. they're basically a big skeleton. Yeah, but ice devils just look like giant bugs. <laughs> I mean, a praying mantis doesn't have like a lot of meat on it. You know, no, definitely not. It has some, yeah. Could be bones. Could just be bones. It's I like the bones. ones that look like a leaf. Yes, those are pretty cool. And I've been seeing more brown ones in my local region lately. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's been a while since I saw any praying mantises, but yeah, I like the, the orchid mantises. They're the prettiest. Ooh. Yeah. All right. And uh, ice devils. Uh, let me see. You lost my place. They're pretty sizable. They are pretty sizable. Ice devils stand between ten point five to twelve feet, or three point two to three point seven meters tall, and weigh around seven hundred pounds. That's three hundred and twenty kilograms, folks. If you pull up an image, I think you will agree that it's fair to describe ice devils as essentially big blue praying mantises with slightly humanoid arms. Cool. I like that. I can see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, they aren't the only devil with insectile physical attributes. Bone devils are the one other type of devil that has an insect-like body and limbs, along with a scorpion-like stinger. But these two devils don't have any type of genetic or historical connection that I am aware of. That being said, there is an insectoid fiend that ice devils may actually have a genetic and historical connection to. I was going to say there are demonic-looking like There insects. are, but I'm not going like to be talking about demons today. Not on this one. I did. No. It. I'm sorry. Um, but I am going to be talking about a fiend type that isn't devil. Okay. So according to some sources, ice devils were not always devils. In the ancient past, it is said that they were a race of mercenary fiends, likely a type of eugoliths. Okay, that makes similar sense. Similar to the mesoloths. Because eugoliths are like the in-between. Yeah, they're like of... the mercenary neutral evil group. Right, and they can you can hook up with them to like go down the river. They use the river Styx a lot, right? A lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Okay. So quick reminder, because it's been a long time since our eugoliths episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mesoloths are both the most common and lowest ranking of eugoliths. Uh, they act as the wretched grunts in the mercenary legions of the Blood War, compensating for their low intelligence with fearsome combat skills. 
Mesolophus appear as humanoid insects standing 7 feet. Or 2.1 meters. Tall and weighing 250 pounds. That's 113.3 kilograms, folks. <laughs> they have six lanky limbs, four of which are arms ending in uh, hands tipped with talons. Their entire bodies are covered in dense plates of ivory-colored chitin, and their broad skulls are notably armored. Damn, I'm not used to seeing the word chitin. I didn't realize it was spelled like that. Yeah. I would have like, misspelled it chitin. Like chitin. Chitin. <laughs> I would imagine whatever ice devils were before they became ice devils is probably something along the elite versions of the Mesoloths. Mm. But whatever the case may be, it is said that the archdevil Mephistopheles somehow came to trap their kind in a state of perpetual servitude millennia ago and turn them into the denizens of the Nine Hells. Papa Stafa. I got a lot Papa of dads Stafa on this show. What? I got a lot of dads on this show. What does that mean? Like, on yep. him, like yep. my, every, Shots. my everything dad. Papa everything Shots dad. is just yeah, yeah. something I become when I... <laughs> Start firing at range All in right. game. Fair enough. When I play Dungeons and Dragons and I roll a successful ranged attack roll, I become Papa Shots. Okay, good. Noted. Just anybody that doesn't watch Super So we have Saga. Papa Stafa, we have Everything Dad. My Everything Dad, and then there's you, my my D&D daddy. Oh, yeah, I guess I did introduce you to the game. <laughs> All right, well, back to None Ice Devils. this would be happening. Uh, that's true. Uh, so Ice Devils are quite straightforward entities. They resent the weak and respect the powerful. Regardless of their allegiance, um, they begrudgingly cooperate with weaker devils, seeing them as either pawns or outlets for their frustration. Uh, their desire for the power held by their uh, own superiors, or only superiors, the pit fiends, has ingrained in them not only diligent loyalty, but also a crippling fear of making mistakes. Mm. Uh, while ice devils... Like me. Yeah, yeah. While Ice Devils still scheme to obtain souls for their masters, they avoid complex plans and attempt to delay the resolution of their more uncertain schemes until after they are promoted if they can help it. And that is unlike me. I just yeah. fucking do shit and you hope just it works go for out. It. Yeah. <laughs> so Ice Devils tirelessly pursue promotion, faithfully accomplishing their missions and collecting as many souls as possible for their masters. Due to their powerful ambition and capability, Ice Devils are heavily relied on and trusted by those they serve. Uh, the Fortress of Malshim is a great example of this. Also known as the Citadel Hell, Malshim is an infernal fortress city found in Nessus, the deepest layer of the Nine Hells, and is the home of Asmodeus himself. Malshim. Malshim. God, it's, it's been so long since the Asmo episode. I, I don't remember we did, that. We did talk about it, yeah, but but I hardly remember it, too. And it has uh, it has only one portal entrance located at the bottom of a deep pit within uh, Kania, Kania. And it falls slowly... Uh, solely to the Ice Devils to protect this portal. At any given time, the Ninth Circle of Beator is protected by 9,999 Ice Devil guards. That is cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, I, I do I do want to highlight the trust level here, because remember... Yeah, I mean, they're guarding one portal into Asmo's home. Mm -hmm. And remember that Ice Devils almost entirely serve Papastafa, Mephistopheles, yeah. who is the guy who is Asmo's biggest rival. So they just, they have this weird dichotomy of like, I trust no one more than you, but also I fucking hate you. If he were ever usurp and take the throne, he would need those ice devils there doing what they're doing now. Yeah, so it works for Mephistopheles, and yet why does Asmo trust them? Why does he trust both ice devils and Mephistopheles to do this? I would think it's because he's got, like, like Mephistopheles has one foot in the door here. With mm -hmm. this move. And okay. he's like, this is what he wants. He's going to maintain that. He's going to work hard to maintain that. Okay, I'm yeah, sure. that's a good point. I, I that's think what so. I think. Yeah. Because Mephistopheles is he's weird. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. He's uh, a weird there, dude. There's nothing else I can say after that episode. Is like, okay, well, he's kind of just strange. Like, he he's needs Asmo. He, he does. needs him, but he doesn't want him there. Yeah. But it, he needs him. I don't know. Wouldn't it be funnier if it was 6,969 Ice Devils? 
Yes, it would. That'd be nice. It would be veritably funnier. Nice. So pit fiends are forced to put immense trust in their ice devil subordinates, but the formidable requirements for ice devil promotion allows the pit fiends to rely upon them without too much worry of being superseded by them. Uh, so simply making it on the list of candidates to become a pit fiend requires an ice devil to serve for 777 consecutive years without making a single mistake. Oh, my God. No <laughs> wonder they're fucking upset about it. Yes, that's this is why. With most having to repeat the qualification process over nine times before they Jesus can even get Christ. it. So that's, that's an extraordinarily long time. That's so almost, long. Almost 10,000 years. Um, and when an ice devil finally does earn their promotion... Um, they are subjected to the hellfire of the pit of flame, <laughs> experiencing 1,001 days of excruciating agony before being reborn as a pit fiend. My Siri just activated on my laptop. It did. It did. That was weird. You heard it? I, I did. You had that look on your face, so I got quiet, and then I heard it. Yeah. It's It searched some weird shit. <laughs> I wonder what I said. It was something about the 1001. I, I've tried to turn Siri off out of this machine several times and I can't. I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> that's too funny. But um, that's frustrating. Fuck you, Apple. I'm probably cutting this out. Okay. Probably. I hope so. If I remember. But it's okay if you don't. <laughs> All right, back to Ice Devils. So Ice Devils are both leaders and soldiers, a uh, unique position among devil kind, and are almost exclusively responsible for commanding infernal troops. Because Ice Devils have no qualms with sending weaker soldiers to their doom and prefer to battle alone, they don't actually make the best generals. Mm. So when not leading troops in battle, they tend to be used as personal guards or elite warriors. So to clarify, they make great captains or lieutenants, maybe mm -hmm. even majors, but nothing above that. Because above that, you're a commanding officer who isn't putting yourself in danger. Right. So just like, send the troops, send the troops. And then next, they're, they're terrible at strategy. They're just... Their paranoia of making mistakes is like not a good... You don't want to be in a leadership role for that like yeah your mistakes I guess, are I guess amplified too yeah there there is that as well um so yeah when they're not being like captains on the field then they're being used as elite like bodyguards do pit fiends make mistakes oh yeah yeah okay yeah. so once you're but ice pit devils fiends really get, get demoted too so oh yeah, damn yeah okay so they become ice devils again um or they go back into the soul chain it, I usually I think it would be go go directly down one rank, but I mean I'm sure there are many who have been sent all the way back down to the bottom for whatever reason. Do you remember that show from the 70s, Soul Chain? No, I it's don't. Uh, like all the all the pit fiends were like dancing and they were playing music. Like, <laughs> no, I missed this. It. It Twenty years before I was born. Oh geez, okay. I didn't realize that pit fiends were part of the general population doing shows. Well, this is a show that's based in Dungeon and Dragons Hell. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, in the Nine Hells. It was just a show that aired in the Nine Hells. Gotcha. And yeah. I wasn't there, so in I the missed 70s. it. I missed it. There's a whole module about it. <laughs> the wicked savagery of Ice Devils is fully displayed when they are not leading soldiers into battle, as their hatred for weakness leads them to destroy their frailest foes first. Uh, their typical combat strategy is to immobilize the front line first, allowing them to use their speed to reach uh reach to strike at softer enemies thus preventing their victims from fleeing Ooh, okay so like they're going for the wizard and honestly that's a smart play because the wizard is pro has the least amount of hp and is the squishiest but also is a fucking problem especially at high levels where it's like the wizard's undoing reality so take care of the wizard first yeah when we first started playing D, &D i just kind of like video game logic says to go for the caster first mm -hmm. because there were like eight fighters standing in front of him mm -hmm, I'm like mm -hmm. oh, okay well i'm gonna like go I had for a, that guy yeah. i had the mobile feet i'm gonna go straight to the back mm -hmm. and 
fuck with that dude. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's a smart strategy. Yeah. So, however, the ice devils are also goal oriented, fighting only if needed to complete their mission, but never backing away from necessary battles or easy victories. Because of the important nature of their work and the prestige of their position, it's possible the ice devils in danger of being taken down by hostile forces can be fortunate enough to have a pit fiend come to their aid. So basically, like. Ice devils get heavily relied on and used, but they're so valuable that, like, if they fuck up out there and they're all about to go down, like, an archduke or a duke might send out a squad of pit fiends to save them because it's not easy to replace a squadron of ice devils. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So, while ice devils are most commonly found in Cania and serving the Lord of the Eighth, a great number also populate the icy expanse of Stygia. A regiment of ice devils soldiers are stationed on ice flow rafts in order to defend the tomb of Levistus. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Another trusted location. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. These guys are trying to do right at every move, so mm -hmm. they're likely to, to do that. Yeah, because they're they're just they're so close to the top of the food chain, they just want to get there. Yeah, real yeah. real carrot dangling thing going on here. Yes, very much so. So although other devils do occasionally visit the eighth layer of Beator, ice devils remain the only native devils of Kenya, and it is said that their frigid aura is taken from the realm itself. Unlike, unlike most devils, they find colder climates more hospitable, although their immunity to fire allows them to dwell even in scorching hot regions. Hmm. The humid bogs of Mineros... Oh yeah, we were ta just talking about this in the Mephistopheles episode. Is the bog hot or cold? It's humid, so it's hot. Oh, okay, you, that makes you, sense. You were right, yeah. And the molten plains of Phlegethos are both physically and visually disquieting for ice devils. Okay. So fun fact, because electricity is one of the more common vulnerabilities of the devils, and by vulnerabilities, I just mean they can actually be damaged by it, while the, like cold fire poison necrotic is most often like they're immune to it or they resist it. Uh, experiments were once performed in an attempt to create ice devils that were more resistant to lightning damage. Uh, that was pretty fun. Seven out of ten fun. For that fact. <laughs> okay, for sure. Well, uh, yeah. I'm not done. Well, t some tests succeeded. Uh, the resulting ice devils had their ability to radiate cold reduced. Shock-resistant ice devils are said to be recognized by their extra antennae and transparent skin. Yeah. Is it more fun now? 7.2. Okay, fun fact number two. Hey. Ice devils possess the ability to see ultraviolet light. That's fun. <laughs> Final. How, does that, how does that come up? I don't know. <laughs> It's just, it's a fact I found. Okay. Final fun fact. There's a specific and interesting ice devil written about in Fiendish Codex 2, Tyrants of the Nine Hells. Ooh, sick. This is a, a 3.5 uh, module. Not yeah, module. Fiendish Codex yeah. is old. Yeah. This is unusual for most of the devil and demon types out there, um, so I thought I would share. Uh, the ice devil's name is Harchura, or Harchura. Uh, Harchura he, Harchura uh, <laughs> But he is more commonly referred to as the sculptor Ooh. A 12 foot tall insectoid being As blue and white as the ice itself Is visible from miles away Across a flat expanse of iceberg It seems to be constructing A peculiar monolith from some frozen pink red globes Approach mortals and behold my work The creature says in a grand tone is that the end of the fun fact? No. We're, we, okay, it keeps okay, going. Okay. It keeps going. When not traveling to various material plane worlds to engage foolish mortals in Faustian packs, Hachura, the ice devil, achieves inner calm through its artistic endeavors. Here, on a blasted and desolate patch of Stygian ice, the devil eternally builds altars and rebuilds a teetering, multi-armed obelisk from frozen blocks. Up close, these blocks are identifiable as the icy heads of dozens of dead humanoids. Okay, I, I can see that it continues. Yes, whenever Hachura claims a soul, it also takes its victim's head, which it spirits back to Beator. This sculpture, which serves as a physical reminder of the devil's accomplishments, is its greatest pride and joy. 
Hartura anxiously urges any visitor, devil or mortal, to comment on the masterpiece. <clears throat> the Ice Devil is interested only in sincere critiques that include suggestions on ways to improve its sculpture. Uh, that is, to make it still grander and more terrifying. Thus, it brushes aside noncommittal answers and politely thanks those who provide useful artistic comments, as long as they're phrased in a constructive manner. If rudely criticized, <laughs> the Ice Devil flies into an immediate killing rage. Kinder critics fare only slightly better. Harchera lets them choose whether to be killed by its spear or its claws. Harchera is a podcaster. Yeah, Harchera's definitely a podcaster. <laughs> hey, 9 out of 10 fun fact. That was really fun. Cool. I thought yeah. you'd like that one. <laughs> I love Harchera. What? <laughs> he sounds awesome. He sounds pretty uh, scary, but also cool. Also, like, a lot of fun. Like, I want to be in the room with some drinks and, like, a, like an audience while he sculpts something. Yeah, know? sure. Absolutely. Just Ooh, don't ask. Harchera, whose head is that? <laughs> Very regal. I like it. <laughs> sipping my negro. Just don't have him ask you what you think of it because uh, then that kind of spells your death. No, that's it. That's the whole thing is like if you're going to, it's a high risk, high reward situation Mm -hmm. to be able to watch him sculpt because he's going to ask you at the end. Eventually. And at the end, you know, are we all going to live or die? Let's find out. Let's find out. Which idiot is going to ruin it for everybody? (laughs) Let's find out after the short rest. Okay. Shout out to Diva Coco. Shout out to, shout out to, shout out to. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Yes, we That's are. That's right. I think I think that'll be my main f bomb in the show. Okay, cool. Dropping them up front is is dangerous in case YouTube ever decides to pay us money again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you support the show because you're listening, so thank you. First and foremost, Indeed, thank really you. appreciate it. It's the best thing you can do is to be here and hear my voice and Will's voice. So thanks a lot. Um, but if you want to go take it to the next level, like Goku, if you want to be like Goku, go to don't page- we all? Yeah, of course. Uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/DungeonCast and uh, check out what we have there and. Um, subscribe at whatever level you're comfortable with if you can. That's super chill. Um, I know it's like the holidays and Christmas and stuff. That sort of stuff is slow, I think, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, the people that have come in, thank you guys so much. Um, it means a lot this time this time of year especially. Um, you could do stuff that's free, though, like leave an iTunes review or review on any of our platforms. Um, that helps a lot. iTunes reviews, they fucking kick ass. They do. They're great. Yeah, five-star reviews are chill as hell. <laughs> let's talk about Ice Devils. I have a stat block here, William. All right, let's do it. Ice Devils are large. They're fiends. They they're are. devils. Yes. And they're lawful. And yeah. they're evil. Yes, they And they are. have natural armor of uh, AC-18. It's that chitin. That chitin, baby. Yeah, I have the picture now. They, they This is a spear-wielding. It's a giant praying mantis. Yeah, it's got like um, <laughs> raptor legs with an extra joint in them. Yeah. Yeah. Like a praying mantis, like a I praying, think. Yeah, I, I'd kinda. have to see it again. Um, their HP is 180. That's 19 D10 plus 76. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm, and their mm-hmm. speed is 40 feet. It's because that extra joint in the leg. It's got to be. They have two femur bones. <laughs> Strength is plus five. Dex is plus two. Con is plus four. Intelligence plus four. Wisdom plus two. Damn, these smart and boys. Charisma plus four. They're smart as hell. They're imposing. This is an imposing creature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, saving throws got plus seven to dex, plus nine to con, plus seven to wisdom, and plus nine to charisma. Damage resistances, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non magical attacks that are not silvered. So, your silver weapons are going to do stuff here. Okay, okay. That I feel like I haven't read a lot of stat blocks that have mentioned silver specifically. Yeah, they, the they're, they're speckled throughout the monster. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I feel like it's more like a challenge rating, like five, six sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have damage immunities, which are great. Cold, fire, and want to take a guess at the third one? Lightning. Nope. No acid. Nope. Poison. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Why did it take me three? That should have been my first one. I really thought you were going to say poison. Uh, I'll give you the guess at the condition immunity. Cold. Nope. <laughs> poison. Poison. Okay. Good job. They have blind sight of 60 feet, dark vision of 120 feet. Um, passive perception is 12. They can speak infernal. They're telepathic for 120 feet, which means they speak everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, their CR, their challenge rating is 14. They yield 11,500 experience points. And uh, from what I can tell, these things travel in packs. So from what I remember of when I read the stat block a few weeks back, um, I remember feeling like 14 was high for the, the most of the stat block. I wonder if you're going to feel the same way. Uh, if 14 is too high? Or yeah, just for the challenge in- rating, yeah. Because even when I, whenever I think of an ice devil, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's about a nine challenge rating. But then I look at the stat block, and it says 14, but then I look deeper at the stat block, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a 14. The actions are really what's going to make yeah, it like, yeah. pop or not. The stats, yes, they're there. The yes. 14 yes. makes sense for the stats. Proficiency, yes. proficiency bonus is a plus five. Yes, this stacks up to like a level 20 character in terms of statistics. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like a strong one at sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, 
We got Devil Sight. Magical Darkness doesn't impede Devil's Dark Vision. Uh, magic Resistance. The Devil has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Not the Christian Devil. This Devil. Uh, <laughs> actions are multi-attack. The Devil makes three attacks. One with its bite, one with its claws, and one with its tail. That's cool. Instead mm. of like one and two. It's very like the way they stat dragons. Yes. Okay. Uh, melee weapon attack for the bite. It's going to be plus 10 to hit. Reach of five feet. One target. It's going to hit for 12, 2d6 plus 5 piercing damage, plus 10, just plus 10, 3d6. Oh, cold damage, but it was like way at the, okay, the next yeah, column yeah. at the top. <laughs> That's weird. It's just two words at the top of the column, cold mm. damage. Claws, melee weapon attack is plus 10 to hit, reach of 5 feet, one target. It's going to hit for 10 or 2d4 plus 5 slashing damage, plus 10, 3d6, cold damage. Lots of cold just coming off of it. It's holding a spear. Where's the spear? This sucks. That's why there's the spear variant. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about the variants in a second after this stat block, probably. Mm -hmm. Tail, melee weapon attack, plus 10 to hit, reach of 10 feet, one target. It's going to hit for 12. Uh, that's 2d6 plus 5 bludgeoning damage, plus 10, 3d6, cold damage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It can also make a wall of ice, and that's on a recharge for, um, you know, a d6, you roll a 6. That'll recharge, not 5 to 6. Uh, the devil magically forms an opaque wall of ice on a solid surface it can see within 60 feet of it. The wall is one foot thick and up to 30 feet long and 10 feet high. Or it's a hemispherical dome up to 20 feet in diameter. Uh, when the wall appears, each creature in its space is pushed out of is pushed out of it by the shortest route. The creature chooses which side of the wall to end up on, unless the creature is incapacitated. And then I guess oh, the DM choose? chooses. Okay, that's rough. Because I was I, I was immediately thinking like, okay, you have like three or four of these things, right? They all do their wall thing at once, right? To Ooh, create like a circle. Fuck. But if the creature chooses which side they end up on, that's kind of lame. Well, that's only if it's in the space the wall that one foot thick. Oh, of space. okay, okay. Like okay, you, that makes sense. You would encircle them. Yeah, right? if it's gonna go through your space, yeah. then you choose like, okay, I'm gonna get behind the wall or I want to be inside it. Like, yeah, okay. So that that's cool. Sense, yeah. If you're incapacitated, I think the DM will probably choose at some yeah degree yeah. or like randomly sense. do it. Doesn't specify here. The creature then makes a DC 17 dexterity saving throw, taking 35 or 10d6 cold damage on a failed save or half as much on a success. I that's mean, that's a, a pretty good reason to want to actually put it in their space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the wall lasts for one minute or until the devil is incapacitated or dies. <laughs> uh, the wall can be damaged and breached. Each 10 foot section has an AC of five, 30 hit points, vulnerability to fire damage, and that would be double damage, right? Mm -hmm. and uh, immunity to acid, cold, necrotic, poison, and psychic damage. That wall don't got a brain. <laughs> Makes sense. How tall was the wall? Was it 10 feet or 15? How tall is the wall? Um, 10 feet high. Okay. So it seems like this is more of a an obstacle. Like, you would want a few ice devils, at least three to five, to all do this at once and just really just fuck up the battlefield and force the players to spend turns dealing with these walls while and maybe some flying enemies are attacking them. I would be a pain in the ass with this, this ability. Mm -hmm. I would put up a wall, and then when somebody break through it, the next one would put up a wall in the same spot, and then you'd be back. Or you can get on the other side, but then I'm going to be stacking walls, baby. Yeah, I'm thinking like a huge hash, like crisscross of just wall, 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 wall. You could do that too. Yeah, yeah make it like a little labyrinth. Mm -hmm. um, or you could make these domes. Like The dome is cool. Like, the, the dome is cool. Dome is always cool. <laughs> Five domes all back to back. <laughs> uh, yeah, little domes inside of bigger domes. 
Uh, where was I? Oh, we did the deck save. Okay, the wall lasts for one minute until, or until the devil's incapacitator dies. Uh, oh, I read that part too. Psychic damage, that's where I left off. If a section is destroyed, it leaves behind a sheet of frigid air in the space the wall occupied. Whenever the creature finishes moving through the frigid air on a turn, willingly or otherwise, the creature must make a DC 17 constitution saving throw, taking mm. 17 or 5d6 cold damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. The frigid air dissipates when the rest of the wall vanishes. So your sorcerers and wizards are going to be busy. Okay, so let's go over this frigid air thing again. So this is the wall causing the frigid air? Yeah, if it gets broken, it leaves a space of frigid air behind. Okay, now does broken mean like if if someone with a weapon here doesn't break it? What if you hit it with a fireball? Is that broken? Uh, yeah, I think so because okay. it has an AC of five uh, each like five foot panel and then um, 30 uh, HP. HP. So if you yeah. hit it with a fireball, you only have to do like 15 damage worth to break it, right? Okay. So that okay, would multiply to 30. Okay, and, and then it's going to release the frigid air. And then there's going to be frigid air. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't say like fire makes the frigid air not happen. The frigid air dissipates when the rest of the wall vanishes. So you have to obliterate the entire wall to make the frigid air go away. Okay. So no matter what happens, there's going to be this line of frigid air, dome of frigid this, air. This also forces the player to use something maybe bigger than just a normal attack in order, because you get punished if you don't break the wall in one go, right? I would I would think so, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you, you, it kind of forces the paladin maybe use a level one smite to get to get over that 30 threshold. Yeah, you're going to want to break that wall. Like, see, it's hard because I don't know what the combat all looks like and what the terrain is, because you, be, you could be box canyoned and bottlenecked, and, like, that's bad. Mm -hmm. um, that's true. This could be bad. This could be very bad. This could be very bad. Um, if you're just, like, encountering these out in, like, a flat space... That's probably the best case scenario. Right, but yeah, in a box canyon or like pressed up into a bottleneck. Like imagine they just lay down a wall in front of you and yeah. slowly bring another wall closer until there's no space for you guys. Now it's a two, every wall has two sides, Will. Uh, Confucius said this. Yes, it's um, true. <laughs> so like they can't go through the wall to attack you. No. Because no. The, this is a melee fighting creature. Yes, it is. Uh, Although, with that intelligence level, like I feel like there should definitely be a spellcaster variant, but I don't think there is one. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Let me um, let me actually go back to that was the whole stat block. Um, so I don't I don't know a their boss should be in the like mid to upper twenties, like twenty three to twenty seven challenge rating. You know, like well, for a, like their big boss, yeah, but like their direct superior, a pit fiend, would be challenge rating twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I, this feels okay yeah, to me, challenge so? rating okay. wise. Right. Um, let me go to there's the ice devil summoner variant. That just means they can summon other uh, devils to their side. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Summon devil once per day. The devil chooses what to summon and attempts a magical summoning. An ice devil has a 60% chance of summoning one ice devil. Like, just summon themselves? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, a summon devil appears in an unoccupied. <laughs> multiplying. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow Clone Jutsu. Uh, a summoned devil appears in an unoccupied space within 60 feet of its summoner, acts as an ally of its summoner, and can't summon other devils. So the one you summon uh, can't okay, summon. Okay, they can't keep multiple. It remains for one minute uh, until it or its summoner dies or until its summoner dismisses them as an action. So like, you're good, dog. Go home. <laughs> uh, we, then we have the spear variant. Right. You see that spear it's wielding? This one can use this it. This one actually has the spear. Uh so the multi-attack changes because of the spear variant. Um, the devil makes two attacks, one with its spear and one with its tail. So, so okay, didn't the, the original have three attacks? 
on the multi-attack, yes. Yeah. The, the the claws and bite are still here, but they're mm. not part of the multi-attack. Okay. So um, they do one spear, one tail. I imagine the spear is better than either the claw or bite. Let's find out. It's an mm -hmm. ice spear specifically. So okay. melee weapon attack, plus 10 to hit, reach of 10 feet, one target. That's comparable. Uh, hit is going to do 14, which I think is a little more than the others. Mm. Uh, yeah, just a little more. Uh, that's 2d8 plus 5 piercing damage plus 10 cold damage. That's two more damage than its second best attack. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving th throw or for one minute, its speed is reduced by 10 feet. It can take either an action or a bonus action on each of its turns. Okay, not both, there we go. There and it we can't go. take reactions. Very okay, there good. we go. Okay. Very good. That's a very long way of saying it's dazed. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like from 4E. The target can't. Oh, yeah, 4 <laughs> put that in your shopping cart we'll check it out at the end the target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns and any effect on itself on the success so that's pretty fucking good it's pretty cool yeah that, i like that, it so spear variant so these things can show up with or without the spear that's mm -hmm. dope i think it'd be cool to have like a blend of these like the summoner variant is the closest we're going to get to a spell casting version right, of this because right. it's already doing an ice wall which is a spell right. essentially but it can only summon one other guy yeah, but the one other guy can do an ice wall. Yeah, that's, and that's true. That's fucked. That's yeah. so fucked. Yeah. We're out of ice walls. Call Steve. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> we need your help, man. Get the ice wall up. I'm here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they look like that, too. They look like they talk like they, that. They do. They look like they talk like... Uh... They've got man... Isn't there a praying mantis from uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that thing's name? I don't know, but it didn't have they a talk voice. like this. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what they look like. They would talk like. And then there was the, the cat thing. Uh, Brack. Yeah, he's Brack. always talking about jugs. He got his own show. Yes, he did. It was a bad show. And then what was the robot? Ooh, I don't know. I don't remember. And then obviously Space Ghost. Yeah, of course. Okay, are we ready for a long rest? Yeah. Shout out to Team Gorgon. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where well, we, we fuck off. Stop fuck, talking about Adult Swim. We fuck around. I know, we, we broke and we talked about Adult Swim for like five to ten minutes. Yeah, that, and then, space, that space goes coast to coast, got the conversation going. Yeah, and then we talked about Aqua Teen, and then we talked about Sea Lab 2021, and then we talked about. But we about, didn't talk about uh, Venture Bros, which is the best I, we show. We should have brought that up. The best show or Adult Swim ever did. What's the metal one? Metal The other best show. It's a very good did. show. Yeah. I actually really like that it's show. It's a fantastic it's show. It's fucking stupid and funny. It's fantastic. It's so good. Good. Um, you remember longest. that episode of Aqua Teen where they all have the, they have like the bad guy meeting on the moon. And oh, the, like, the Moon Knights, right? Yeah, the Moon yeah. Knights. They bring all the other bad guys. Oh, there's like I don't the, remember the that time traveling Robo Turkey I and like don't remember that episode. There's the Prey Mantis from fucking is there from is he? Yeah. <laughs> Is the guy who summons a super mega ultra chicken? Is he yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait. No. I don't know if that guy's super there or not. Super mega ultra chicken. No. He <laughs> he is myth. Say these words, not too fast, or they lose meaning. That character's kind of sus, actually. Uh, Adult move, Swim was wild. On. It was a wild time. It was a wild time. Late night, twelve-year-old Brian just kind of fucking getting mind bogged by. Yep. Shit, yep. his parents didn't know he was watching. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for. Thanks for listening to the show with us. Um, Will would like to put a disclaimer on this episode about Balrogs and oh, Pit Fiends. Uh, not Balrogs, uh, Balors. Balors and Pit Fiends. Yeah. Um, the so, Balrog is from <laughs> Tolkien. Yes, which the Balors blatantly <laughs> Sorry. rip off of. Um, so that episode obviously didn't come this year, and I'm sorry, guys. We meant for it to, 
But between me getting sick in late October and an emergency episode being recorded by special guests Jake and Brian, and then the Unearthed Arcana is kind of taking up. Yeah, we decided slots. to to do the Unearthed Arcana thing. I was like, uh, okay, I think we should prioritize these because yeah, they're they're fresh and they're now they're time sensitive. And, yeah, they're time sensitive is a good way to put it. Um, that being said, uh, there will be a Ballers the Pit Fiends episode uh, probably sometime next year in the coming year. So. Right, and we were talking yeah. about like we heard there's giant literature on the way for 2023 mm -hmm. it'll probably i don't know if it's going to be one dnd it'll probably be one dnd related probably well i don't think so because they said one dnd they're going to continue play testing it until late 2023 and we won't see anything official until 2024 yeah but the books that they're making now like fizzbands those are going to be applicable in right one D &D. so uh, like it'll be it'll be in the same vein as the morning kind of monsters of the multiverse or tasha's i think i think called. what i'm trying to say is it'll be canonical to right. whatever happens next theoretically according to what they've said yes yeah that being said i i will issue my own personal subjective view of they say that shit all the time and it's never true <laughs> So we'll hey, see. Yeah, yeah. I, we don't know until yeah. we know, but there yeah. will be giant stuff. And it's uh, my point of me saying that is it's not like we're not going to cover that, even though it's not Year of the Giant anymore. Like, yeah, we still cover dragons when it's not Year of the Dragon. We cover giants when it's not Year of the Giants. So, we're going to cover fiends when it's not Year of the Fiend. Yeah. Speaking of which, should we announce what the year of is going to be? Yes. It's the final episode. Are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready this, for this? This is the last episode of the year. Hey, I hope you guys all had a, a, a wonderful holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. And I hope you were all safe. Indeed. And your new year is going to be chill as fuck. Indeed. And safe. I hope you guys are safe and healthy. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for a wonderful, awesome year. Another one in the bank. There's a lot of new artwork that's going to be coming along with what Will's about to announce. I'll let you, I'll let you have this one. So, next year. I get to do next year's, though. I'll, I'll get to announce next year's. Okay, okay, that sounds that sounds fine. If we remember. <laughs> I might just defer to you next year. I will like, try forget. and remember for you. Okay. 2023 will be... Year of the Bean. No. <laughs> We're talking about magic beans the whole time. Year of the Artifact. Yeah. So year five in the Dungeon Cast Zodiac. Yeah, check it out. Look at all these disappointed. Look at you. You I see the look on your face. You're all disappointed because it wasn't the thing you guessed in the Discord. I saw what you were no, all guessing. No one wrong. guessed it. You're all wrong. That's hilarious. Yeah, no one was close. Uh, I didn't think anyone would be though, because um, we 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 zigged when everyone expected us to zag. Mm -hmm. um, like the, my brother, my brother and me in 2017. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's zagged a, on him. That's a deep cut that's so long ago it's a very long time ago but i do know what you're talking about you know um, this week's mabim bam is probably going to be the the I, year dude, those episodes are always very good i have not listened to mabim bam in a while and i've been thinking that i'm i'm ready they've I'm been ready. pretty funny yeah i'm ready to go back to the last 30 episodes and start there <laughs> they uh for people that don't know they they name their years kind of like how we do a little bit. We, we do a lot of Mabim years. Bam stuff. Yeah, we, we theme our years. By them. So we, we, we are. Years. We are. Um, so yeah, Year of the Artifact is going to be essentially every month. Um, we will be having at least one episode dedicated to the legendary artifacts of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. Um, we're also going to probably try and fit in just mo some of the more legendary items that maybe aren't artifacts. But if you're if you're thinking a big art artifact, you know the Hand of Vecna, the the Sword of Cass. You know, the rod of seven parts. Like, these are the things that we're going to start covering because these things got a lot of lore. And, like, D&D &D is monsters and it's dragons and it's dungeons, but it's also <laughs> items and treasure and loot. And so we're going to talk about it. Siri activated when you said artifact again. What the fuck is up? It doesn't, it, it doesn't come on. 
like ever so many episodes in a row and all of a sudden i just like didn't hear shit you said because siri's like this is what i found on artifacts and 2022 baby. it's okay brian i was speaking to the audience you're gonna find out all about this year as this year unfurls that's right um well i've been involved in the artwork uh that we've been making yes. for the new thumbnail which yeah. we love to do and thank you so much to uh deltari ina our uh our resident thumbnail artist basically yeah absolutely um, who's also you guys are going to see the flashbang and the surgeon art soon if you haven't yes, yet and that yes. one's awesome mm-hmm. um it's, it came out so fucking good i showed jake and steve they love that shit i bet but they loved it uh, it it's great. nice to see it come to life, you know, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. all this time. And it's perfect, too. They did so good. It matches and the vibe. A, sh- a huge shout out to Mariko Velocity. Who did the base who did, art. Yeah. Did the, has done all the basic character art for Flashbang and the Surgeon while it was airing. I just took a thumbnail that we commissioned her for to use in the Patreon. We commissioned we commissioned that from her, and, and I just threw that to our to Ina, our like main artist, and she just basically rendered the characters exactly the way she did right and it's perfect you Monica, you did such a good job thank yeah. you yeah it looks and great I, I will always love the og art. <laughs> I, like i'm sure maybe we'll speckle that art in throughout like yeah episodes here and it's there. on the patreon if i can find a way to like post it probably oh shit we're gonna need a discord channel for that for for fbats we will we so will yeah it'll be Absolutely. there yeah we'll it'll pin, be there we'll pin that stuff by there. the time you guys are hearing this i'm sure the first episode is probably it's supposed not, to be out yeah, it's supposed now, to be out yeah. by now yeah so uh that being said uh if you're going to patreon.com slash the dungeon cast to support us there is a new tier there called the omega tier where i am writing the next campaign in the super quest uh vein of shit yeah i don't know it's the next it's the next actual dungeon cast dungeon cast presents actual play D D. yeah like uh you can catch the early recordings of that there will be one up uh the the episode we've recorded so far will be up by the time this episode airs on the main podcast feed not on the patreon feed on the main podcast feed but you can get early episodes of this show ad free on the patreon as little as five bucks a month. The next tier up is the Omega tier at seven dollars, where you get access to everything you get in the five dollar tier plus the Omega tier, and then so on and so forth. We're gonna have new merch that should be active uh, by the time this episode yep, comes out. Yep, we'll be getting that active this week. Um, uh, perfect. That's for the patrons to know. If you want to know what that new sweet patron gift is, you're gonna have to wait. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll start announcing what it is in like February or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you want to check it out and see what it is, it's usually at the twenty dollar amount. You can get that merch. Yes, you will get the custom one of a kind merch. It's a shirt. It's another shirt, I think. Um, yes, I think this one will be a t shirt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we'll probably make the last. Um, we're probably gonna switch out the sticker. The sticker right now is a beholder. Uh, year of the beholder. Uh, thumbnail Stick- art sticker. Yeah. We're probably gonna switch that out to year of the fiend. Year of the fiend. Yeah. I or. Whether or not that's the um, maybe halfway through the year we'll switch it out from the um, we have the special Demogorgon one and then we, we do have, have special, that one yeah yeah the special uh, and then we have the one that everyone sees of the the Balor right or the Pit Fiend what is that on the yeah 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 it's the Year of the Fiend <laughs> that's fucking hilarious that that's the thumbnail art and we didn't cover <laughs> <laughs> we meant to man it was supposed to be the last episode of the year God and damn then, it that's yeah. so funny actually yeah and then i ran out of time for prep work so i was like we got to go with what i prepped yeah so. it'll it'll happen yeah. it'll happen <laughs> it's just that's just how it shook out and i think yeah. that's kind of funny it is funny um ready to call it a game yeah let's call it a game we'll thank you guys for the wonderful year and we'll catch you on the next episode which oh. will be um full of many things it will bye <laughs> Thank you.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.